That's what this series is really about, that we would have eyes to see what God sees for our lives and for this congregation and for the world. 2020 vision spiritually. And many of us don't have that, and yet God wants to challenge us that he wants us to see what he sees. So Rena started this series for us a couple of weeks ago, and she challenged us in her message, What Do You See?, that we needed to deal with obstacles that prevent us from perceiving and from having that 2020 vision as to what God has for our lives. And then last week, Rabbi Michael spoke on living with your new vision, and he encouraged us that there's an adjustment that needs to take place and that the key to that adjustment is discipleship. And part of discipleship is three different qualities. There's a lot more, but he focused on three last week, and that was commitment, consistency, and cleanliness or holiness. And as we commit ourselves to those aspects of discipleship, it will help us to embrace and live with the vision that God has for us. So today's message is entitled, A New View, A New You. And God wants to continue to encourage us in this transition to his vision for our lives. So we have been using the imagery of eyeglasses and our little chart here. No, it's fine. I had it moved over. So of eyeglasses, and because it's a imagery in the natural that we understand. If you look around this room, many of you have eyeglasses on as Rena sticks hers on her head, off her head onto her, uh, onto her face, right? And so we understand this, this imagery and that, you know, the glasses are meant to allow you to see what you can't see without them. And as Rena and my husband shared, because they both wear glasses, they thought they could see okay without those glasses. But what a difference it made when they put the glasses on. And so what God is asking us today is to see what he sees, to see through his lenses, your life, his plans and purposes for you and for this congregation. So seeing our lives as God does, perceiving his plans and his purposes, and understanding his promises, serves a couple of purposes for us. And the first is that having his vision will protect us. Well, Rabbi Carol, how does having his vision protect us? I'm glad you asked. It allows us to have confidence in who God is and in his plans for our lives. You see, knowing and seeing what God sees will help us to avoid the pitfalls and the uh, temptations that might come our way. As I was preparing this message, it just the imagery of a road map came up because I believe that having God's vision is like having a road map. Can we put that road map up there? There's a road map. It's up in the north. You see Lake Ontario. So, uh, but having a road map, that's having God's vision is like having a road map. And, you know, today we have a, our GPS devices, right? And sometimes they work, actually. <laughs> not always. In fact, <clears throat> most GPS units will not bring people here to our address. And no matter how many times we have tried to drag that little marker over and put it where it belongs, because, of course, there's no one that you can speak live to about these maps, uh, it still does not get everyone here to this place. And a few years ago, we were actually in, uh, in Phoenix, and we had arrived, we were there for a conference, 
And uh, of course, we do our Walmart run to get our, you know, our water and the snacks and things in the room. And so we were trying to use Siri in the GPS to get us there. So Siri, take us to Walmart. Well, we went to a school, then we went to an empty lot, and then we showed up at someone's house. And so uh, Siri's navigation wasn't working too well that day. But God's vision and God's roadmap always works. I remember as a child, we traveled often as a family, and uh, I was my dad's navigator. Uh, if you ask my siblings, I was my dad's girl, uh, and so very close to my father. And I remember always standing behind the seat with that map, right, and folding the map and folding it back and forth like this and giving directions where we was going to go, although I'm sure my father already knew what he was doing. But those maps, I love those road maps, and getting them out and charting our path and going where we were to go. Well, that's what having God's vision is like. And sometimes we, we camped a lot because with six kids, Camping was an affordable way to have a vacation. So we camped all the time. I remember staying at a hotel once when it rained and everything flooded, so we stayed one night in the hotel. And then when my father had a big camping meeting out in, uh, with the Royal Rangers out in Colorado, we always took as a family trip. So my sisters and my mom and I, we were blessed. We got to stay in the hotel while they camped, so that was pretty cool. But often we would also go hiking, and you know when you're hiking, you need to know where you're going. And there often were maps, even if you didn't have a physical map, you could look at a map beforehand and to see where the trail was going to go because you didn't want to uh, fall into danger or uh, go somewhere that would not be safe for you. And that's the whole imagery that we want you to understand that we're talking about and the whole principle of God's word that if you have his vision, it will protect you and it will help you. And so God wants to encourage us that his vision will allow us to see the things that the enemy would like to do to trip us up and to keep us from walking forward in what he has for us. Rob Shaul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 2.11. He says, so that we will not be taken advantage of by the adversary, for we are quite aware of the devil's schemes. Are you aware of the schemes of the evil one? Do you know that right now the minions of hell are working against you and your family, against the purposes of God? You know, we speak this often, especially me, there's a destiny on every person's life. Do you know that hell wants to derail you from that destiny? And but God encourages us through Rav Shaul that we are not unaware of the schemes of the evil one. But friends, some of you are. Some of you don't get it. And part of the reason you don't get it is because you are not tracking with God's GPS. You are not seeing the vision that he has for you. And the enemy often trips you up because you are not looking at your life through the lens of God. You are not seeing what God sees for you. And he wants you to know his plan so that you understand what the enemy does to derail you. I know the purpose of God in my life. I know how the enemy comes against me because he doesn't want me to speak. So you see the issues that I often have with nasal and stuff like this. It's because the enemy wants to shut me up. So many of you have been here for years. You've seen me preach sitting on the stool because I was ready to pass out. The enemy has attacked in many different ways. 
but I'm not unaware of his schemes because I know God's vision and his purpose for my life. And so when you know God's vision and purpose, you will be aware of the schemes of the evil one. Kepha, Olive, First Peter puts it this way. The adversary start, stalks about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Friends, the enemy wants you for lunch today. And every day, he wants to devour you. And if you don't get God's vision and understand his purpose and plans, then you are easy prey for him. He derails you and pulls you out of all the things that my husband spoke about last week, those basics of discipleship, that commitment, uh, you know, that cleanliness, holiness, and purity. He just yanks you right out of that because he knows that when you are not walking in that, that you will be derailed and you will not fulfill your purpose and destiny. Do you understand? Satan does not want you to be successful in your journey of life. So whatever he can do to derail you, and you can say, but Rabbi Carol, I'm not anyone great or significant. No, 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 my friends. You don't understand who you really are. You have no clue. You are a child of God most high. And he has placed you exactly where you are and exactly in this generation, at this time and this season, for a purpose and a reason. You know, and the enemy wants you to think, my life doesn't matter. There's nothing special about me. That's a lie from hell. You matter. You count. And God has a destiny and purpose on your life. Whether you're young, whether you're a little older, whether you're renewed your youth like the eagles, God has a purpose and plan for you. And the enemy will do whatever he can to derail you. So having the 2020 vision of God will protect us and allow us to see his schemes and to fight the enemy and allow us not to become lunch for the evil one. Amen? But we need to embrace God's vision and God's ways so that we can stand against the evil one. And one of the greatest tactics that I believe the evil one uses against us is to get, make us to look to our past. But friends, you are not the same person that you were before you came to Messiah. Rav Shaul says it this way, anyone who belongs to Messiah has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. But you know what the enemy will do? He will make us live in our past. But to walk forward in the 2020 vision that God has, we need to forget our past. Forget your past. Yeshiahu Isaiah 43:18. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Let me say that again, because I think we need to hear that. Those of us in the sanctuary and those listening by podcast and maybe you're tuning in to the streaming we are trying to get up and running regularly, God says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Selah, that is a truth that some of you need to grab hold of right now, okay? Because hell has been beating you up with this here tactic. He has got you so focused on your past. 
God says, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Right before you. 2020 vision. The path is before you. Don't you see it? Can't you perceive? It's bursting up right now, God says. But we're not able to see it because we're living in the past. You cannot move forward into the life that God has for you if you keep living in the past. And how does the enemy trip a lot of us up? He gets us to romanticize our past. Okay? Listen to the children of Israel. Bobbing Bar, Numbers 11, verses 4 through 6. Next, the mixed crowd that was with them grew greedy for an easier life, while the people of Israel, for their part, also renewed their weeping and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. It cost us nothing. And those cucumbers, yum, yum. The melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic, wow. But now we're withering away. We have nothing to eat but this manna. Wow. What's wrong with this picture? First of all, did they really have all the meat they wanted to eat? Was the fish that good? Did it really cost them nothing? And what about those cucumbers and melons? Were the garlic, onions, and leeks all that fantastic? I have a suspicion it wasn't. In fact, when we look at a few scriptures, let's see what life was really like for the Israelites. First, they were slaves. They couldn't go freely and do what they wanted to when they wanted to. They had masters over them. Their life was not their own. They had to work hard every day, making bricks and building the pyramids and all those other ancient structures that you like to see in Egypt were made by Jewish people. Shemot 1, 13 and 14 tells us that the Egyptians were ruthless and they made life bitter. How quickly the Israelites forgot and they romanticized their past. It was so awesome in Egypt. It was such a great life there. We had everything we wanted to eat. Moshe, don't you remember how big those melons were? Oh, I could smell the garlic now. I love garlic. I don't know about you. I, I use a lot, of, a lot of garlic. In fact, once when my sister was here visiting, she went home, Peggy and her husband said, you smell like garlic. Because I must use so much garlic. I put it in everything. I love garlic. So they were like, oh, we could smell the garlic, Moshe. And all we have is this manna here. We're withering away. Look at us. Life was not so grand in Egypt. 
ruthless taskmasters. And then Pharaoh himself, he was simply a murderer. He was killing their babies. Killing their babies, that was good. But you see, the enemy got them to romanticize their past. What was really good about that life? And that's what the enemy does to you and to me. You see, when we romanticize our past, it becomes this glorious experience that we can't believe we are no longer living. Wow, that was such a good time of my life. I wish I was living the way I used to live. But in romanticizing our past, we forget the pain of past relationships. We minimize the struggles, and we over-exaggerate over the good times. And the enemy will trip you up every time if you start romanticizing the past. And it's hard to move forward if you're living in the past. And there's nothing wrong with reminiscing about your past and, and thinking about good memories. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone that is living in their past controlled by the past, wanting to go back and live in the past. And the other thing he does when it comes to romanticizing the past, he also makes us focus on decisions that we made in the past and regretting those decisions. You see, the Israelites were second-guessing the decision to leave Egypt. And often the enemy will lure us into his trap of asking, what if? What if I hadn't decided to take that job? What if I hadn't moved into that house? What if I hadn't chosen that career? What if I had finished school? What if I had chosen a different husband or wife? Don't tell me that the enemy hasn't done that to some of you. What if? I had just done things differently. I had made different choices. Then my life would be fantastic right now. And once again, in most cases, the enemy glorifies the option we did not choose and makes us feel like we really, really missed out on something and in the process, he enslaves us to our past. And what a lot of us are trying to do, we are just trying to turn back the clock. We have grabbed hold of those hands of that clock, and we just want to turn it back to yesteryear because that was the glorious season and time of my life. And that's how I want to live. We think if we go back in time and change the decisions we made, that life would be so much better, but it's not true. You see, friends, living in the past will never, ever be beneficial to your present, to your future, and it will never allow you to have a 2020 spiritual vision. I want to share with you spiritual truth from Charlie Brown and Lucy. So we put up our first one. Here's Lucy, she says to Charlie, who was the captain of the baseball team. P.S. Go Chiefs tomorrow, just saying. 
And she says, sorry, I missed that easy fly ball manager. Next screen. I thought I had it, but suddenly I remembered all the others I've missed. And next one. The past got in my eyes. Friends, the past is getting in some of your eyes. And it is blinding you to what God sees for your future. And God says, forget the past. Stop trying to turn around. Stop trying to turn the clock back. When we turn back, we always lose out. On May 6, 1954, Roger Bannister became the first man in history to run a mile in less than four minutes. Within two months, John Landy eclipsed the record by 1.4 seconds. So on August 7, 1954, the two met together for a historic race. And as they moved into the last lap, Landy held the lead, and it looked as if he would win. But as he neared the finish, he was haunted by this question, where is Bannister? And as he turned back, Bannister took the lead. And Landy later told the reporter, if I hadn't looked back, I would have won the race. If I hadn't looked back, I would have run the race. Friends, looking back is going to trip you up, and it's going to make you miss out on the plans that God has for you right now, today, in 2020, here on this day, January the 18th. God has something for you today, this week, this year, and for this congregation. And if all we are going to do is romanticize and regret our past, we will never walk in the fullness of what God has for us. You see, many of us are trying to navigate with the rearview mirror. So we keep looking in the back. Now, obviously, the rearview mirror is there for a reason and a purpose, along with the side view mirrors. But you know, you can't navigate forward if all you're doing is looking in the rearview mirror. Okay? That's not the purpose of it. To drive forward, you have to look in front of you. And that's what God is trying to get us to do, to have 20-20 vision and to look forward into what he is doing in our life. Looking back hinders the present and future. And that's why Rob Shakul encourages us, excuse me, that it's time to move forward. It's time to move on. Forget the past, Isaiah says. God says, I'm doing something new. It's springing up. It's sprouting right now. In other words, there, you, do you understand what Isaiah is saying? And I love to preach on that passage. It's only one little point. I could go on and on. You know me. But that passage, God is saying it's already happening. There are things happening right now that you are not perceiving and seeing because you are looking back. God says it's a new thing. It's a new thing, and you're not perceiving it because you're living in the past. It's already sprouting up. And Rob Shaul picks that up, and he says here in Philippians, chapter 3, he says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. That's what we're talking about, friends, focus, spiritual focus. I forget all the past. I forget all the past, he said, 
as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Friends, where is your heart fastened? Where is your heart fastened? It has to be on the future. It has to be on God's purposes and his plans for you. I fasten my heart on the future, Wab Shaul says. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Yeshua. He says, I'm running forward. There's a plan and a purpose. And ultimately, that plan and purpose, you know, it's all eternal, really. When it's all said and done, it's not the things of this earth. The plan and purpose is not to get a bigger and better house, although you might get one. And that may be God's plan for you this year. But the ultimate prize to walk through those gates, to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, and to run the race in such a way that when my days on this earth are over and I stand before the King of Kings, that those are the words that I hear, even as we sung today, you don't owe me anything, God. You don't owe me anything. It's you. And if he becomes our passion, then his purposes and plans for our life and for his kingdom, because that's what our lives are about, man, things are going to happen like you wouldn't believe. But because we don't have his vision, because we have obstacles that we refuse to deal with, as Rena shared with us, because we will not discipline ourselves. Some of us have been in the faith for years, and we don't have the basics of discipleship down. Friends, don't mean this in a bad way, but that needs to change. And because some of us in the message today are so focused on our past, and God is saying, you know, as we start this new year, 2020, I want to do some pretty exciting things in your life and in this congregation. And I need some people who are going to get a hold of the vision that I have. Amen. We need to put on God's highest classes. I thought they were a little bit bigger when I ordered them. God-sized glasses. So with God-sized glasses, I see God's plans. I see God's purposes. These are the glasses you need to put on today. These are the glasses you need to be wearing. Because with God's glasses, that's what we're talking about having the vision that God has for my life, having the vision that God has for this congregation. Without these, I don't see it. If I take these off, I don't see what God sees. And you don't need a literal pair of glasses. We are talking about spiritual eyesight. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you 
and to give you a hope and a future. We have said this so many times, but friends, anytime you feel like your life is meaningless, anytime you feel like God wants to hurt you and that he is hurting you and that he's trying to destroy you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And they are not plans to harm you, but they are plans to give you a hope and a future. I started reading in the book of Devarim uh, the other day after I'd worked on my message in this verse, which is, I love to preach from the first chapters of Devarim as well. You probably heard quite a few messages on this verse here. From Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Adonai spoke to us at Mount Horeb, and he said, You have lived long enough at this mountain. Get up and start moving. That's my paraphrase. You've stayed long enough. Some of you are going round. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. But you guys are going round and round and round and round that same mountain, some of you, for years. It's because you don't have spiritual 2020 vision. For all the things that have been discovered or discussed already in the series, and you guys are repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. And God says, it's enough. God says, I'm not the problem. Okay, just so you know, he's not the problem. I'll say it again. God's not the problem. Thank you. One more time. God is not the problem. All right? Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them God's not the problem? Because the enemy, that's another tactic that he will use. He will make us think again that it's God's fault. The children of Israel, Moshe, who represented God, why did you bring us into this desert to make us die? It would have been better we had stayed in Egypt. And some of us have that attitude towards God. God, why is this happening in my life? Why didn't you do A, B, or C? Because my life would be so much better. Why, God? And God's saying, you know what? You've stayed long enough at this mountain called Why? It's time that you break camp and you start going forward because I have a lot of things that I want to accomplish in your life and through you, and you keep staying at this mountain called why, you are going to just self-destruct. God says, break camp, advance. I believe 2020 is a year where we need to get up off our tuchuses, and we need to start marching forward into the plans and purposes that God has for our life. Amen? You see, when God spoke this to the children of Israel, the promised land was right in front of them. Do you understand that? The promised land was right in front of them. So the book of Devarim, Deuteronomy, remember, is Moshe's farewell speech, 30-some chapters it takes for him to say goodbye, okay? And you think Rabbi Michael's long-winded, right? <laughs> 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 
Well, when we, when we go look at the podcast, Rabbi Michael is always the longest <laughs> speaking. Occasionally, I, I, I get to him. Rena can sometimes be pretty long, too, when she fills in for us, but it took him 30 chapters, Moses, to say goodbye. But he's referring to the instant where they were right there in front of the promised land. He wanted them to go forward and to take possession of it, but they didn't do it. For them, it was unbelief, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God wanted them to get his perspective, and in doing so, they would see themselves as he did. What did God see? God saw conquerors, not slaves. God saw Champions, not losers. God saw victory, not defeat. You see, that's what God saw. But the children of Israel couldn't see that. And that's why God said, friends, it is long enough. You have stayed at this mountain. You need to break camp, and you need to go forward into what I have planned for you. Friends, as we come to the conclusion of this message, I want to encourage you, listen and heed Adonai's exhortation. Fasten your heart to the future. Dream with God. See what he sees ahead in this year. Run forward into his purposes and plans. Stop dragging your feet. Get up and start moving forward towards his future. See what he sees. Have the 2020 vision. That means have God's eyesight to see his li your life in his eyes. Look at the possibilities that await you. Do you see problems? God sees solutions. Do you see a wilderness in the desert? Then you're not using God's glasses because God sees a river in that desert, and he say, sees a roadway in the wilderness. Friends, I know without a shadow of doubt that Adonai has already set things in motion for 2020, for your life, for your family, for this congregation. But I know, also know we can miss out on what he has already started. We can miss out on the purposes and plans and the vision for this year ahead if we don't grab hold of what God is saying and doing, and if we don't deal with these issues that he has brought up in these messages through his word, We cannot focus on the past, even the good things of the past. God has something new that he wants to do in the world today in your life and at Beth Emanuel. A friend of mine from college turned 60 this, this past December, and she posted on Facebook, and I meant to get her post to read it to you, but it was just awesome. She says, you know, it's been a struggle turning 60, and I've been thinking about all the decisions and things that, that I have made, and, and there were some regrets that were coming up in my heart. And then I just, it basically, it, what she was saying is, I just realized that I need to embrace where I'm at right now and embrace what God wants to do in my life. And friends, that's what each of us need to do. We need to embrace where we're at and what God wants to do in our life. A familiar phrase that many of us have heard, in order to go where we've never been, we have to do something we've never done before. I am grateful 
grateful, grateful for the past experiences that I, I personally had with Adonai. My childhood experiences laid a firm foundation. You, most of you know who are here in the congregation, those listening on podcast or through the streaming, I came to faith at six years old. It was a very real experience for me. I can remember as clear as if it was yesterday, walking down an aisle and going up to pray and coming back to my seat. And these were the words in my head. I have done something and understand what I have done that grown-ups don't even understand. That's how real it was to me at six years old. And throughout my childhood, experiences with, with God that were tremendous. I went to Bible college. That was an awesome experience. After Bible college, I went and lived in Israel for a year. The team that I was with, the organization, celebrated 40 years last year of the, that ministry being started in Israel. Glorious, glorious. God called me here to, to Beth Emanuel, and all the experiences that we have Beth, had at Beth Emanuel and the good things that God has done, this building stands as a testimony of God working and moving. I remember, unfortunately, <laughs> that the year or two of this building was not the, the easiest time. I remember going to Brownsville for those who were here at that time, and that was glorious experience. I can hear Steve Hill to this day say the altar is 40 feet ahead of you. And those were glorious experiences. All draw me closer to God and his purposes and plans. But friends, God's not in that past. He's right here today, and he has a future for me and my family that is more glorious than all of those experiences. And I could tell you a lot of things. I can tell you how God made shampoo grow from here to here. I can tell how you made an empty gas tank back in the days when, you know, gas stations and stores weren't open on Sundays, right? The blue law and stuff. And we were on an uh, outreach trip in North Carolina, me and a couple other girls driving back to Missouri. And we had no gas and we drove hundreds of miles on a tank that was empty. God's provision. And I'm grateful for that. But I want to see what God sees today and tomorrow and in 2020 because he has something new for me and for my family and for Beth Emanuel. Amen. And he has something new for you. Amen. So even the, the glorious past is not something that we can live in. We need to move forward and catch his vision. And friends, that's what we want to encourage you to do in this, through this series that we started off this year with. So I want to close in reading a short little paragraph from an article I was reading on the passage in Isaiah about forgetting the past and seeing the new, new things. And this is what the writer said, there is a wilderness, but God is building a path. There is a desert, but a stream is flowing. God loves doing new things. God loves showing us new places. God loves using new methods. Open our eyes, Lord, to what you are already doing among us and in my life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I pray that you would truly have a new view that would give you a new outlook on who you are. Amen. Let's pray. Father and I, we thank you 
for your word today. God, we thank you for your presence today. God, from beginning to end, you have been here, and we are so grateful we don't take that for granted. And Father, I pray that this word would penetrate deep into each one of our hearts. And God, I pray for a hundredfold fruit in the lives of those hearing this message today in this sanctuary, to those listening by podcast, to those watching in the, the, the YouTube channel, that this word would totally transform and change each and every one of us in the core of our being. I thank you that you are doing something new. Give us eyes to see it right in front of us and help us to run forward and stop looking back. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. God is a good God. I'm going to ask our prayer team, those who are here in the sanctuary, I see uh, Adeline and Rena, Gary and Myrna, if you can come up. And we are available to pray with you if you have any need that you want prayer for. Doesn't have to be related to the message. Come down and receive prayer. Uh, for those who are taking Hebrew, Hebrew class starts at two o'clock today.